city, in our nation, we declare our praise to you this morning, God, because you are worthy of our praise. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. And we invite you into this place today. Have your way here today, God. God Almighty, we lift you up today, God. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. It is good to come into the house of God and give Him praise, isn't it? It is a privilege. We just get to come on and rock on and, and give Him praise. Free world, free land that we live in. What a privilege to live in this land. Awesome. Welcome to church this morning. Thank you. Well, if you're not very warm, we're going to warm up because it's going to be, it's going to get hot in here. We're in for a fantastic morning together. So hope you are very excited and expectant. Okay, you may be seated unless you want to do a twirl before you sit down. If you're here for the first time this morning, then a special welcome to you. It's great to have you with us this morning. I we're going to have a water baptism. David is getting water baptized this morning, so very exciting. So if you are here for David's water baptism, it's great to have you with us today. So enjoy the morning with us. It's going to be fantastic. And if you are here for the first time, we do have some guest bags for our guests. They are on your right as you leave the auditorium after our gathering together and I think Nairi is going to be there to, to meet you and say hi and so pick up our baggage as you leave. There is a coffee card inside if you would like to have a nice coffee at our crossover cafe. That's always good, isn't it? Well, let's celebrate the birthdays and anniversaries. I think there's been quite a few birthdays in this past week. Bev, have you had a birthday? Fantastic. How about you come and join me in the middle here and John with the chocolates? Is Dominique around? Dominique had a birthday too. Did you have a birthday, Bev? No, you're not the only one. There's lots, but they're probably, a lot of them probably going to be at the 10.30. I know. There were heaps of birthdays this week. Dominique must be busy. She had a birthday too. Okay. We got everyone. No wedding anniversaries? No. Well. <laughs> Have you had a birthday or a wedding anniversary? Wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Joan away today. She couldn't make it today. Congratulations. Married longer than 10 years. 55. Woo! Wow! Isn't that cool? <laughs> that is so cool. Did you get one for Joan? Good, 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 good. Okay, let's stand. Come, Brian. <laughs> we're going to stand and we're going to pray. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Great to celebrate. Well, hopefully on the way in, you received the Martin's postcard. Uh, one of the, our missionaries, our fantastic missionaries, the postcard there. I encourage you to write to them. There, there are the postcards. I'm not too sure whether, no, I think you've got the faith commitments on your seat. You would have found a faith commitment card on your seat. We do need to get those in in the next couple of weeks. So please pray and ponder over those. Ask God what He would like you to sow into global missions this year. And then we're going to get those cards in. So you can write to the Martins with a postcard. Isn't that great? Them receiving a whole lot of postcards from us. And plus also uh, with global missions that we have, uh, the Burtons are returning home. You would have already heard, most likely heard they're returning home, which and it's they're arriving this Friday. The Friday, um, that's the 27th, I think, yeah. So that's going to be exciting. So if you would like to join, there's a few people going to the airport to greet them. Uh, so if you feel like doing that, I do believe, I think it's Friday evening. But if you're interested in that, please contact the office and they'll give you all the details and you can um, join the road trip to Auckland to meet the Burtons. That'll be great. Also, we've got School of the Spirit coming up. And the early bird finishes end of this month. So if you want to get in for the early bird, then end of this month it is expiring. So you need to get in for that quickly. The numbers are limited. That's going to be fantastic. We've got Helen Calder, a prophet or prophetess from Melbourne. That's going to be fantastic to have her. Well, we're going to uh, have a look at the screen for our missions clip. And then the Thai missions team are going to come up and share. So if you could make your way up now, team, and then watch the screen as they come up. Hello, it's a great pleasure to be able to present Global Missions 2016 to you today. I'd like to sit in front of you today and say, look, we've seen 500 churches planted in the last year, but that's not the case. Our focus has shifted and the focus of our missionaries has shifted somewhat to working with people groups that it's actually really hard to penetrate with the gospel. But I encourage you, please invest in global missions. We are right on the edge of the Great Commission where we've been asked to be. We're working hard on every front and we are seeing results. It is a great pleasure to be on this journey with you. making disciples and starting churches as well as doing that in Hong Kong. Thank you so much for your support and partnership with what we're doing here.
Mary. Bonjour, je m'appelle Kay. Je suis un missionnaire à Bruxelles, Belgique. Hello, my name is Kay. I'm a missionary in Brussels, Belgium. to everybody at Activate Church in Hamilton. My name is Brent Weaver. I am working in Kyiv, Ukraine. I'm involved predominantly in disciple making amongst uh, Ukrainian young people, uh, meeting uh, new people through our English clubs and uh, summer English camps. You're most welcome to come along to them in July and August this year. Church, thank you very much for supporting us uh, over these many years. Igniting church planting movements in Western Europe, that's what we do. Uh, what I saw in 1989 is beginning to take place. Very exciting to see the momentum beginning to build like crazy. So thank you so much for your support. God bless you. great. All of that is because of us. Isn't that cool? We're a part of all of that. Isn't that very exciting? And you would have seen Grant and Vicky up there. We just got news that this week that their work visa has come through. So that's exciting, eh? So yes, so thank you God for that. Thank you for your prayers. And we, you would have seen the Thai missions team were up there, weren't they? In 2017 trip. How about you give the team a hand? Come and share. Are you the team? 
It's too early for them to get out of bed. <laughs> uh, the rest of the team are getting ready. Uh, we'll be selling cupcakes after the gathering. Um, so that's what most of them will be doing. Uh, so afterwards, uh, feel free to just go chat with them and meet them. Uh, but anyway, my name's Nicole and I'm heading up uh, the Thailand missions team. Uh, we'll be heading over to Thailand in April 2017 during the school holidays. Um, and can I get the next slide up? Thanks, Linda. Um, so we're going over there to support uh, Peter and Wow, and um, just really total will support the uh, work that they're doing over there. Uh, so they're based in Kong Ken in the Isan region, which I think has about a third of Thailand's population in there, and they are probably the largest like unreached uh, people group in Thailand. Uh, so it's real cool to be able to go over there and just really uh, help them in what they're doing already. Uh, so next slide. Um, so when we're over there, these are some photos from last time we went. Um, so we head out into about 10 uh, rural villages in Thailand and we help to run holiday programs uh, for the kids over there. Um, because in Thailand, uh, most of the parents uh, head into the cities to find work. And so during the school holidays, uh, the grandparents are left with all the kids to look after. And so uh, Peter and Wow have identified that a need over there is that uh, the grandparents just need a bit of help and support. Um, so they've asked our team uh, to go back and uh, just help run some holiday programs for these kids. Uh, it's an amazing time. I mean, the kids just love it. They go absolutely crazy. And I think um, next year when we head over, there's uh, two villages that um, have never heard the gospel before that we've been asked to go into. Um, so it's real exciting to be able to go over there and just uh, help Peter and Wow find a way into these villages uh, that they haven't been able to get into before. Um, cool, so the next slide is how can you support us? Um, so we'll go to the next one after that. Uh, so the biggest thing that we need help with is prayer. Um, yeah, just really pray into uh, the work that we're going to be doing over there. Pray for Peter and Wow. Because um, they do an amazing job over there, and you, when you head over there, you're just like, wow, they, you realise how blessed we are in New Zealand to have um, all the resources that we do, and they are able to do so much with so little. Uh, so just praying um, into their work would be huge. And um, one thing that we're really believing for as a team is that as we kind of pray into this trip is that God will start to reveal... Um, I don't know, people and like, you know, different conditions that we can be praying for now so that when we go into Thailand, we would actually see those people, we'd meet those needs and that as we pray, we would see healings, we would see miracles and signs and wonders. So if you guys could support us in that and just ask that we would be able to hear from um, Holy Spirit and really just um, be able to capture his heart for the people over there, uh, that would be amazing. Uh, the second thing that would be awesome is um, prayer around our fundraising. Um, so it costs a bit of money to head over, and our team is made up of um, youth and a lot of our uh, youth leaders who are students. Uh, so money is a bit tight. So if you could pray into our fundraising efforts, uh, that would be appreciated. Um, and I just got the next slide. Uh, so these are some of the fundraising opportunities that we have coming up. Um, and after the gathering, uh, we're going to be out in the foyer. Um, the whole team's going to be out there, so feel free to just come and chat with us. Uh, we have some sheets available that you can sign up if you're interested in anything. And we can take your details, uh, give you a phone call or an email, and uh, let you know more details about that. 
Um, yeah, and like I said before, after the gathering today, I will be selling cupcakes. So they're $2 each, or you can get a pack of six for $10. For $10. Uh, so that would be a huge help. But, uh, kia ora. Awesome. Nicole, do you want to just stay here? Yeah. Why don't we, let's pray now, eh? Would you like to stand with me? Let's pray together. So how many are on the team? Uh, 13. 13. 13. Isn't that great? And this is some of our youth group along with the leaders. So I, that's so exciting. Their lives are going to be changed. Yeah, so thank you, God, for Nicole and for the team, God. I thank you for what you have ordained to come about during this trip, God. I thank you for the many lives that are going to be touched and transformed, that are going to meet you for the very first time. I thank you, God, for what uh, you will do through the, this group of young people. And God, I thank you that you're not only going to touch lives over in Thailand, but you're also going to touch our youth, God. I thank you for what you're going to do in their lives also. And so I ask for your protection upon them, God. I, I thank you for the excitement that is building within them, the faith that is rising within them. And, and God, I thank you that, um, that as faith builds, that you would um, uh, help them to see what may be accomplished through their lives on this trip, God, to help them to see that come to pass even before it happens, God. So thank you for faith rising within these people. Thank you, uh, God, for uh, funds raised. Thank you for, for awesome fundraising, for, for, for all the funds needed to come in. God bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. Well, you may be seated. We are going to have a baptism. Isn't that great? So, David, how about you come forward? Pastor Ray, would you like to to come and I, do you want to um, to interview David before he gets into the water? Yeah. And family and friends, please feel free to come on up um, as David is baptized. Great. Thank you, Jan. Isn't this a very exciting time? So, yeah, family and friends, feel free to come up and gather around. It's going to be a wonderful occasion as we see David go through the waters of baptism. So, as our, as our little thing we like to do, we like to hear from each person being baptized why they want to take this step. So, David, why don't you share why you want to be water baptized? Cool. Thank you, Ray. Wow, this is such an exciting... <laughs> wow, this is such an exciting and special day. I want to thank everyone that has been through the journey with me, and especially Norma, who has travelled up from Nelson, and Val, and my special sister from Tauranga, to be here to this, share this special moment with me, and of course my beautiful mum. Last year I was fortunate enough to experience someone truly so special enter into my life, and show a love that nothing here on earth could ever compare. Through, la through last year, I got closer and closer to God, and the best, way I, the best way to describe it is to everyone in Hamilton here, it's like a foggy winter. The more I allow God's love into my life, the thicker the fog become. I, I, I got, I, it got to a thickness that uh, it's so thick that I'm turning my fog lights off and letting the fog drive me. So Father God, like you did with Jesus, I stand here humbled and say here are the car keys to my life and now it's time for you to take over and drive until the day that you take me to such a special place you have created for me in heaven. I, David Joel Boys, truly give you all my heart and all my soul, not just part of it. Thank you. Fantastic. Isn't that wonderful? Wow. Well, I think we better do this, eh? So, 
Uh, Pastor Sheridan and I are going to uh, have the privilege of water baptizing David this morning. And uh, as David is water baptized, as he comes out of the water, he has specially requested a song, Lord, I give you my heart. So as he comes out of the water, we're going to be singing the chorus of that song. So very good. Father, we thank you for this very special moment, Lord, that as we gather to witness, so does heaven gather and witness this wonderful event. Jesus, I thank you that you set the example of going through the waters of baptism. And Lord, this morning, David follows your example. And as he goes into these waters and comes out, I pray that the newness of life through the power of your Holy Spirit will overpower and fill and renew him, that he will walk with boldness and confidence, Lord, as you take the keys and the controls of his car. And Lord, lead him on his best life because it's a life filled with Jesus in every part. Lord, we give you thanks for this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. David, on confession of your faith, it's our great privilege this morning to baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I just invite you now, church, to stand as we join with David and we make that declaration together. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord have your way in me, Lord I give you my heart, I give you my soul.
name. And I, I feel the Lord would say to you this morning that, that as you come up out of the waters, this is not the end. This is just the beginning. And, and the word he gives me for you today is, is reconciliation. Not that you necessarily need reconciliation, but in God's love and in God's power, you will bring reconciliation among your friends, your family, your, your workplace, your community, everywhere you go, He will enable you to stand in the gap to bring reconciliation between other people. Bless you. Well, David, Anthea and I have uh, known you for a, a very long time, ever since you were a little boy at St Albans. <laughs> and I used to tease you <laughs> and you always wanted more. <laughs> Anthea, I've watched you grow up to a fine young man who cares for others and is always helpful and obliging with all sorts of folk. You impressed us with your chosen career in, in, in the field of audio technology and we're proud of your skill and the esteem in which clients and employers hold you. David, you're a young man who's very engaging and who gets along well with others and who can easily converse and interact with people. And these are God-given qualities that will be of great use in God's kingdom. We've watched you grow, watched your ups and downs in life, your broken relationships and your drifting away from the faith. But the seed that was planted in your heart all those years ago in St Albans has now come to fruition. And here you are, confessing the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. From now on, your life will have a new joy. And although there may be still many challenges ahead. And the verse we've selected for you today is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12. May the, may, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for others. May he strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of God our Father. Bless you, David. Hi, David. Um, getting to know you over the last couple of months, the one word that main word that comes to mind for me when I think of you is genuine. Um, you're a really genuine person, um, genuine in your faith, genuine in your friendship, um, and I think that's a really rare quality these days. Um, so I feel like God would encourage you to hold on to that and build that, and to use that to um, share his love with the world. So. David, I've known you for years and years, and I've just been so impressed with the maturity and stability that God's brought into your life, and I'm so encouraged today. One, because you guys have a free coffee for me to have, <laughs> but even more so, extremely more so, to see my young friend David mature and follow the Lord in obedience with the step of baptism. Christ was baptized, you're following in his footsteps, and that's fantastic to see, David. I'm so excited for you, and I pray his blessing on your life, and I pray that the people around you will bless you and encourage you and watch over your life and speak the Lord into your life and speak his word into your life. I pray for your family as well. Pray for your mum 
that you'll be a good encouragement to her as you have been and continue with that. And I thank you for David's sister Marie. We've brought her here today. And she said to me this morning, this is different. Church is different from how I remember it when I was a kid. We had hard seats and it was cold. But there's a real warmth here today. And you've got beautiful warm seats. But the one thing that doesn't change about God's church is the Lord. He's the only thing that doesn't change. So we've got bright lights, music, whatever. We've got all the technology. And you know a lot about that, David. But the Lord himself does not change. He who never changes. He's your rock. He's your strength. I pray. The verse from Matthew, end of Matthew on your life, which is you'll love the Lord with your, all your heart, all your soul, all your life. I pray a big blessing on you. Good on you, Dave. I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. And bless you too, Karen, in your life. All David's been doing in your life and helping you, encouraging you. Thank you. I wrote a poem for David today because it's... It's such a special day and I'm so, um, I love my son so much and I'm so proud of what he's, this commitment he's made. What an awesome day, David, the Lord has brought about. We stand joyful for what we've seen carried out. Angels rejoice with our God around his throne. They see your commitment knowing you understand Jesus for your sin has atoned. The trouble, David, that came your way. God took your brokenness and began a brand new day. Jesus came to be your friend and stayed by your side. As he is in you, remember also in him to abide. My prayer is God's mercy and peace be upon you, bringing strength and wisdom in all you do. A blessing to others, shining Jesus' light, rooted deeply in him, holding him tight. Walk always in truth and integrity, loving God and acknowledging his sovereignty. His word is a compass that always also enriches your days, revealing our Father in all his ways. These prayers, our Father, we raise before you, your presence we are always welcomed into. Um, David, I really sense that God's um, going to place you in positions of influence, and uh, you don't have to try for it. He just is. And it's going to be in the church, but outside of the church, primarily, I sense. And uh, you're just going to walk into it. And I really feel to encourage you, you know, press into God. Press into God. Don't worry about any of the other stuff. Just keep pushing into God, and He's going to make it happen. But don't be surprised when people start coming and asking you questions or asking you directions or asking your opinion or your thoughts. That's your time to shine. And uh, But you don't have to force it. It's just going to, going to happen. Influence. Yeah. Uh, David, I see you as, um, I don't see you as, but I get the picture of David as the shepherd boy. And I feel to encourage you, I mean, David became a king, and I'm not saying you're going to become a king, but, but, um, but, but you could. But um, what I feel to encourage you in is um, not to see yourself as David, the shepherd boy, but to see yourself as David, the man who is um, capable of so much with his almighty God. And so not to, um, I guess... I guess the picture I see is, is um, of your self-esteem, your, your self-confidence, to put that in God 
um, not to look down and go, ah, oh, I'm, I'm just David. Do not do that because there is so much for you and God wants to, to lift you, um, but He wants to, to also, yeah, He wants to you know, raise, your, raise your sights, raise your head and to go, whoa, what has God got for me? He has got something huge, but I need to be able to, I need to speak that over myself, see that in myself. Yeah, encourage you in that. Great. Well, you get to go and get warm. Is what, was, wasn't too cold? No, isn't that good? Oh, anyone else want to hop in? <laughs> Spare towels here. <laughs> we could do some more. <laughs> well, let's give David a hand. <laughs> Right. Let's stand and let's continue worshipping. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I
thank you for the plan that you have in front of us, Lord. We thank you that you hold us in your hand, Lord. Oh, Lord, we love you, Father. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for your, your abundant mercy, oh, Lord. You're so mighty, Father. You hold us in your hand, Lord. And you draw us close to you, Father. And we're never alone, Lord. You never leave us. You go before us. And you come after us, Lord. And all the way in between, you hold us, Father, in your hand. And we just love you so much, Lord.
If you, if I was to ask you what would be at the top of your list if you were going to pray, what would be at the top of your list? What would be the top thing? I wonder what you'd choose. Only you know, I guess. Why don't you take a few minutes right now in this atmosphere to pray about that, whatever it is. Spend some time before God. Pray about it. Ask him his thoughts. the words of that song we were just singing as I draw near to you you will draw near to me I lay all my cares at your feet all my cares at your feet
be able to come before God with whatever. It doesn't matter, does it? Whatever. Wherever you're at, whatever's going on, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything. Remember in the, the scriptures, do you remember when Daniel prayed? Things didn't change for three weeks, but he kept praying. And we're told in the scripture that the angel was released on his behalf the moment that he prayed. But as he kept praying, there was battles done in the heavenlies that brought about the victory that God wanted to see. So I encourage you, keep praying, keep praying. Thank you, guys. Here, take a seat. Well, just before I kick off into this, can I remind you that these are on your seats. These are the faith promise giving cards. And, um, oops. Why we need you to fill out the card is because we need to set a budget so we know what we can do for our missionaries this year and with our missionaries this year that we're supporting. And um, so I encourage you to pray and ask God to drop a figure in your head that you should be sowing, that you need to sow into faith, promise, global missions this year. And uh, put the number on there. If you don't want to put your details in there, it doesn't matter. The, the reason the details are there is so that we can stay in touch with you. But this isn't like we're not going to check up on you during the year. This is between you and God, okay? This is just to help us budget, really. But I encourage you, faith, faith is stepping out. So ask God to give you a number and then step out and start giving it and expect Him to make the difference. And with mission, I've got a strong conviction that when we give uh, for anything, actually, but global mission, don't make it a token gesture. It needs that we call it sacrificial giving. You need to feel a bit of pain to really get hold of your heart. And uh, with what God's doing, you know, like you might, you might not be able to have six coffees a day anymore. You might have to cut back to one every two days. You'll be all right. You'll live. Ray lived without it for a year. You know, so it'll all be okay. But anyway, fill these out, get them in. There's boxes at the doors, pop them in, and because uh, we need to start to get that together, what we're going to do with that. Well, this morning, I want to talk about prayer and um, about praying. Because for Christians, prayer should be as natural for us as taking the next breath. And I don't want to give you a list of to-dos, okay? That's not going to happen today. I just want to point you in the direction of God and say, come on, church, let's pray. Let's be people who pray. Let's be people who are known as being a people of prayer. Let's be people where God knows us because we're knocking on his door all the time in prayer. And um, prayer takes many forms, doesn't it? But essentially, prayer is about communication. Prayer is about connection. Prayer is about a conversation. Prayer is about being in the presence of God, talking with him, conversing with him. It's not about rolling out our shopping list. It's about conversing. It's about my uh, relationship with Jan would not be so favorable if every time I saw her, I said, hello, darling, how are you going? I've got this list of things that I want or that I need you to do. It's not going to wash so well, is it? But she actually likes to have a conversation. Actually, she likes conversations more than I do, yeah. funny enough. And, um, and um, I've been known to have my eyes glaze over from time to time. Not that that's about the quality of the conversation. That's more about the quality of the listening. But... <laughs> hey? 
It was a good save. I've also been known to fall asleep while Dan's praying. I know, and that's... That, that. <laughs> and it's, that's got nothing to do with Jan's praying either. You know, I said at the, the prayer meeting on, on um, Tuesday night, we can, very much, we can over-spiritualize things, can't we? I found that when I was praying, I love praying in tongues. I love speaking in tongues. It's just a liberty there. It builds our spirit, the Bible says, builds us up. But I found that often when I was praying in tongues, I'd yawn. And I thought something, I thought, is this a spiritual thing? You know, I'm, I yawn a lot when I pray. Is this, what's the deal? God, this isn't very good. I'm yawning all the time. Then one day I sat down and I just thought about it and I thought, you know the reason I, I yawn? It's because I forget to take a breath. Funny, eh? But you can so easily spiritualize that. It's not. You've just got to breathe to stay alive. It's quite simple. It's quite simple. Anyway, I find my, I'm quite a logical person. I'm quite a pragmatic person. Um, and, and here's one of the biggest challenges for me around prayer. Is, is going to God my first response with any situation? Is going to God my first response? Or do I try and fix it up and do what I can first? What point, at what point, do I consider now is the time that I need to pray about something? Because I'm reasonably capable, not always and not in all areas, but I'm reasonably capable, and often I will try and fix something or make something happen myself, and then all of a sudden I'll go, oh, my goodness, I could have prayed about that. I could have talked to God about that. I could have talked that through. Maybe if I got some divine inspiration from a conversation with God on that subject, things could have happened quite differently. I may have approached things differently. Maybe I would have just calmed down and smelt the fresh air and take a completely different approach. Maybe what I was struggling with doesn't even matter. I wonder how you are in that area. What point do you decide it's time to pray about something? Do you wait till you're absolutely desperate and there's no way out? Or is it the first response? I don't know. I'm just asking the question. I want to um, show you this. Pretty cool, eh? Anyone know what it is? It's Hebrew, actually. So I've got to be really careful because Ray's studying Hebrew, and he's going to tell me later if I got this completely wrong. It's, it's actually the same word twice. The little arrow there tells you that Hebrew, you always read it from the right to the left, not the left to the right. You read it from the right to the left, and it is the same word twice. The top line is what you call paleo Hebrew. That is before they used the letters that they do now. They used to uh, have pictures. So that is paleo Hebrew. The bottom line is ancient paleo Hebrew, which is before paleo Hebrew. Pretty good, eh? That's good. Do you like that, Ray? It's good, eh? And it's ancient paleo. And um, so it actually says the same word twice. And you find that word in the book of Genesis, chapter 4. If you go to the book of Genesis chapter 4, and I will read uh, from verse 25 through to 26, it says this, Adam had sexual relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to another son. She named him Seth, for she said, God has granted me another son in the place of Abel, whom Cain killed. When Seth grew up, he had a son and named him Enosh. At that time people first began to call or worship 
the name of the Lord. It's that last sentence. At that time, people first began to worship or to call, depends which translation you're reading out of, invoke, uh, will be another one, the name of the Lord. This is the first mention in Scripture of people praying. The first time we see that. We see people in relationship with God before this point of time. We see that God used to walk with Adam and Eve in the garden in the evenings. There's a, there's a beautiful picture of um, intimate relationship with God, a friendship with God, a knowing of God, which was obviously destroyed at the fall, Genesis chapter 3. But this is the first mention in Scripture that we now see people calling out to God. And the word there that's used that was either going to be translated in your Bible, probably invoke or worship or called, is the word that is, is talking about prayer, and it's the word kofrach. How was that, right? Was that all right? Kofrach. How about saying that with me? Kofrach. You got a bit of in there. Kofrach. Kofrach. Good? Try again. Let me hear. Not too much. You might spit something on the person in front of you. Kofrak. 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 It's a good word, isn't it? Kofrak. So I'll tell you what that means shortly, but not yet. Because what I'd like us to do is go to the Lord's Prayer, which is Matthew chapter 6, also um, Luke 11. Luke 11 is a slightly shorter version, um, but hang on, I've just got to find it here. Let's go Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. When you pray, don't you love that? Not if you pray. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward that they will ever get. There's an outward, it's not saying don't come together and pray together. It's not saying don't pray out loud. It's saying don't put on a show for others to see. Because if your prayer motivation is putting on a show for others to see, you've already got your reward. Well done. You prayed very well. Congratulations. That was a beautifully eloquent prayer. That's what it's saying. It's saying, no, no, it's, it's interested in the heart and our heart motivation. But when you pray, that's the second time in two verses, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Our Father. Would you notice, you probably didn't notice, but in the last two verses, the term Father has been used now five times. Five times. He's setting the scene. When you pray, pray to our Father. When you pray, pray to our Father. Five times. Now, pray like this. Our Father in heaven. Father is the word patia. Patia in the original, the Greek. And it means... A number, it has a number of layers in the meaning. It means our supply, our supplier. It means our daddy. Great, hey? Our supplier. 
And it means like the closeness of a father, not the distance. It means close relationship. Our patea, but we will carry on. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let, let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Some of your translations may then follow on it and say, for thine is the power of the kingdom and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That was a, a later edition, and there's different versions of that, but it came a little bit later. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven. The problem with that translation in English is it makes God feel a long way away. Our Father, if you just read it and you don't understand the subtleties under the word, it gives an over, overly authoritative, um, distant, harsh view of Father, number one, where the term is actually an intimate, uh, close relationship, the one who supplies, the one who is my daddy. It's a and, and if you've had a, a rough experience with your father, it's probably hard to get that, your head around that. But nonetheless, God is the ultimate example of a father. And it says, our father. Our father. It's close. Our father in heaven. The next problem is, is heaven is a long way away. So you feel like our father could be distant, could be um, out there in heaven, miles away. But that's not actually what it's saying. It's saying, our Father, our Daddy, and you do some work on the word heaven, it means heavens, it means all sorts of, it's a broad term, but it literally means in the air that I breathe. Our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven isn't uh, praying way out there, because you've got to remember, Jesus gave us this prayer. This is, the, this is the one who's teaching us how to relate with the Father. He's not going, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who is out there somewhere in the nebulous, in heaven, miles away, so distant from me that I'm going to struggle to relate. He said, no, no. What he's saying is, my Father, my Daddy, who is literally in the air that I breathe, that's how close he is. Does that not change the start of the prayer? That's amazing, isn't it? How close is he? How personal is he? May your name be kept holy. The, some of the older translations tend to go, um, hallowed be your name. Hallowed is a better word. Hallowed has a much larger meaning than holy. Holy is fairly um, clear what it's meaning, and it's fairly pointed what it's meaning. Hallowed is actually a, a better word. It's, it's bigger, and it includes holy and sanctify, and all these sorts of things. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That ties up very much with God's instruction to us, isn't it? When he said, you know, on this rock, the rock of revelation, I will build my church, but here I give you the keys to the kingdom. Your job is to release atmospheres of heaven, wherever you are. When you go into your workplace this week, or wherever you're going to be, your job is to release atmospheres of heaven. What atmospheres of heaven? Love, mercy, grace, 
kindness, generosity, and lock up in the atmosphere that's not of heaven. Cruelty, harsh words, dishonesty, other things that happen that don't represent the kingdom of heaven. That's, that's what we're asking for there. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. Did you notice that's not to a long way down, is it? Give us today the food that we need. In other words, please meet all of our needs and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven. Interesting there too, as we might forgive the sins of those who have sinned against us or as we may consider to forgive the sins of those who have sinned against us. No, no, as we have. It's a statement. As we have. It's not like an option. I think one of the things that Scripture is very, very clear about in its themes is that we must forgive. And it might take a while sometimes for us to do that, but we need to forgive. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Love that. In everything. Hopefully, if you're signed up for um, the e-news and the pastor's desk, you would have got a new email on Wednesday called In Everything. And uh, what we're doing is, each week we're sending out this email, In Everything, and there's a prayer point for each day. They're all themed each week, but a prayer point for each day that you can pray into. And then on Tuesday nights, when we come together, we can... Pray into those things together. It's a pretty cool way. Yeah. Two people reckon that's a cool idea. (laughs) Two people. I don't care. I reckon it's a cool idea. Do not be anxious. The Journal of Experimental Psychology wrote this. But does anxiety cause people to be self-focused or does Focusing on yourself lead to anxiety? Good question. Does anxiety cause people to be self-focused or does focusing on yourself lead to anxiety? A pair of Canadian researchers examined the question in 2012 and found the evidence of the latter. Focusing on yourself leads to anxiety. Interesting. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious, but in everything, about anything, sorry, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In other words, turn your head from your own circumstances and turn it toward God. I love that. Turn your head toward God. And what will the result be? And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Could that be saying that if you are suffering from a lack of peace in your life, it is directly tied to your prayer life? I think that's what it's saying, is it not? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends and understand, uh, all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. To me, uh, the way I read that, it's telling me if I'm lacking peace in my life, it is directly tied to my prayer life. 
because I'm trying to solve things myself. Go back to my original question. How logical, how pragmatic am I? At what point should I pray? At what point should I go before God and ask his opinion on this? At what point should I present every issue to God? Because it tells me if I'm not doing that, I probably will be anxious. And science proves that anxiety is because we focus on ourselves too much. So in essence, what it's saying is when I turn my attention to God, prayer, that's the place that I'll find peace. Interesting. So if there's a lack of peace in your life, at what point do you go to God? Good question, eh? Were you thinking through? Great question. What point do you go to God? So let's go back, because uh, I've run out of time, let's go back to this, Genesis. At that point of time, they started calling, invoking, worshipping God. The word there means... Well, the meaning of the word, kofrach, you start from the right. There's three letters there. I'm not going to go into all of that because we've run out of time. But the word, the pictures, each of those letters are a picture. If you start on the right, the picture represents the back of a head. And the middle one represents the head turned. And the left-hand side image represents strength, and supply, and the ability to carry weight. It is the picture of an ox. When you put that all together, what it says is, or the, the thought that the Hebrew people had when they used this word called, or worshipped, or invoked God, was a turning of the head to the one who can carry the burden. Or a turning of the head to the one who can carry the weight. And then Philippians says, don't be anxious about everything. Look to God. Exactly the same thing. The opening line of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, looking to the one who can carry the weight. And I want to encourage you this morning to look to the one who can carry the weight before we run out of natural ideas. Why don't we make that our first stop? No, we're walking with Jesus. We've invited, I love what David did this morning, baptism. I love baptisms. It's one of the highlights of church life, I think. People making that commitment. He's saying, Jesus, I choose you. I choose to walk with you. Well, if I choose to walk with Jan, but I only call in and check in every you know, six months or so with my shopping list, not going to be the ideal marriage. Just figuring, probably won't be. But, but what she likes is that we do life together. What she likes is that we talk about everything. What she likes is that we discuss the situation before it's a problem. What she likes is that she knows what's going on in my head, which only produces headlines, but that's the way it is. She manages to get the detail if she's patient enough. And, and she likes that because that's what relationship's all about, and that's what prayer is all about. It's about relationship. It's about turning my head from my own smart ideas, my own anxieties and everything else to face the one who can carry the burden or the one who can carry the weight. How inviting is that? I love that. If we can just wrap our head around that, if we can wrap our heart around that thought, that must take prayer out of the I have to basket to the I want to 
And that's where he wants us. Not the I have to, but the I want to. If prayer is like breathing for the Christian, we've got to breathe. We don't even think about breathing until it's not working right. We don't even think about it. We just do it. We just breathe. And I want to encourage you to engage with God all day, every day. There are times when we need to sit and focus and push ourselves to be focused and on task as we pray and we work through something. But there are those other times where we can just have that conversation all day with the one who's made us. Relationship with God is, is based in communication. We have communication because Jesus went to the cross. Because of sin in Genesis 3 where we touched briefly, that communication was cut became difficult and just about the whole Old Testament is painting that picture of the difficulty of communication but when Jesus went to the cross what he established was personal communication for each of us, re-established that was part of the price that he paid on the cross is that we can have personal, close and meaningful relationship with him and that he wants to walk with us in fact the only way that we can have personal, close and meaningful relationship with God, the Bible tells us, is through Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important that we give our lives to him, that we give our hearts, we give our worlds to him, that we go, Jesus, I'm getting on this journey with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to live life the way you're asking me to live it because that is the best life that I will live. I'm going to receive your gift on the cross where you removed every obstacle from me coming into relationship with you and I'm going to accept that gift and I'm going to walk with you. And what will the net result be of walking with God and communing with God, conversating with God? Peace. That's what it said. Peace. Peace. Yeah, there's heaven. That's something worth looking forward to. Eternity. Your spirit as much as your body. When your body decides it's had enough, your spirit keeps going. That's important critically important that we're right with Jesus because that is the, he is the only way to eternal life but how is it to walk this life with peace I tell you that if you're living life with peace you have something that every person in your sphere of influence that doesn't have it desperately desires desperately desires you talk to someone who doesn't have peace. You talk to someone who is tormented by life. And if you're standing there and you know peace, what peace is, my goodness, you are the envy, be it right or wrong. You are their envy. Can I ask you just about your heads very, uh, just for a moment, I want to give the people left and right, each side of you, privacy. And I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand in a moment if you want to make a decision today, it could be for the very first time or you could have walked with God in the past and for whatever reason you've, you've stepped way back and today you're going, you know I need to step up to the plate Jesus, I need to step back up to the place of relationship with you and, and walk with you and in just a moment I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if you're, going to, if you're saying yes to Jesus, I want to walk with you, I want to know you, I want to do life with you, I want to receive your gift, be it for the first time or maybe you're stepping back up to relationship again. And what you're saying today when you lift your hand is you're not saying that your world is perfect. 
You're not saying that you're in the perfect place to come into a relationship with God. What you're saying is, I realize there is a need in my life, and Jesus, I think you can fill it. At least I'm going to give it a shot that you can fill it. And you're going to journey with him. Because whether you know it or not, if you're prepared to lift your hand today, you're already on a journey. It's just the next phase. You'll know if you need to respond today. Your hands are probably sweating like anything right now. Your heart could be racing. It's what tends to be what happens when the Holy Spirit is provoking us to take another step in relationship with our Creator, the one who loves us so deeply, the one who wants to do life with us. Just a moment. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if that's you. When I see your hand, I'll ask you to put it down again. You're not responding to me this morning. You're responding to God. And he is looking forward to your response. If you know this morning you need to respond to Jesus Christ, can you lift your hand now, please, so I can see it? Just make sure I see your hand. Thank you. See your hand. That's awesome. Seen one person lift their hand so far. Is there anybody else this morning? I'm only going to wait a couple more seconds. If you know you need to, make sure I see your hand. Fantastic. The Bible tells me when one person gets their right life, their life right with God, or their right life with God, they both make sense actually. Heaven, the angels celebrate. So my picture of that is all heaven throws a celebration. There's a party going on right now. So why don't you give the person that responded to Jesus this morning the biggest hand? Fantastic. Let me pray. We're out of time. But can I encourage you? Spend some time praying this week. Spend some time talking to God. I do this thing. I don't do it every day by any stretch. Actually, I don't even do it every week. But when the mood gets me, I have coffee with Jesus. And I've got a little journal that I call Coffee with Jesus that I write in. And I, it's not like a, a religious thing for me that I have to do all the time. But when I want to do it, I do it. And it's always productive. Why don't you sit down with a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, and uh, spend some time speaking to your Father, your Heavenly Father, who is in the air you breathe this week. Lord, I thank you for the invitation. I thank you that you love each one of us so much that you made it so easy for us to talk, us to communicate, us to connect with you. You've did all the hard work. We acknowledge that this morning. And Father, my prayer is that not one of us in this room would take the gift of being able to communicate and talk and have conversations with you, our Creator, lightly. That you would stir every one of us to be people of prayer. That you would stir every one of us to pray like we breathe. And that you would receive the glory in every way and that every person in this place would walk in divine peace in Jesus' name. As we go into our week, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, help us to be like Jesus. May people look at our lives this week and go, my goodness, what I would give 
to have the peace that they're walking with. Let your blessing rest on each person, each home, each marriage, each family, each business represented here, each workplace, wherever you've got us. In Jesus' name, amen. Give Sharon a hand. I love that. Turning of our head to the one who carries the burden. Beautiful, beautiful. Enjoy doing that this week. Tonight, we've got 6 p.m. It's going to be a great gathering tonight. If you're free, come out, 6 p.m. Also, uh, thank you for being purposed in your giving. Our giving stations are on the left as you leave the auditorium. So thank you, church. I declare blessing over each home represented here in Jesus' name. If you are here for the first time, please help yourself to a guest bag on your way out on the right in the foyer out there. Enjoy tea and coffee. Have a beautiful day. If you would like someone to stand with you in prayer at all and for anything at all, then please come on up the front right now. Have a wonderful day, church. Bless you.